Welcome to the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Sacco. I'm a longtime spondy looking to bring the community closer to give the community a voice. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life. Enjoy and learn what's available to this make week's your life of the better. Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast. You know, I wanted to do something different. I see a lot of posts coming across talking about, you know, I, I want to exercise, I need to exercise, I don't know how to exercise, I don't even know where to begin. Well, several years ago, as I started to help moderate the Living with Ankylosing Spondylitis Forum on Facebook, there's a gentleman that was posting videos that were very simple exercises for people to do with ankylosing spondylitis. So I was watching a little bit, and, I'm, and it's kind of derived some of my past episodes where I talked about workout with a basic can, workout against the counters. And so I really wanted to get the originator of that on, where that came from for me. And I have on today, very excited to have Alexander Levine of Alexander Levine Fitness. And you'll see his videos posted across YouTube, Facebook, his website, they're all over and they're good videos. And that's where I started to drive some of my simple stuff. Now, being overweight myself, obviously I haven't taken it 100% to heart, but it's great to have Alex here because he's going to walk us through some of basically how he got to where he is and how it developed into this fitness routine for uh, people with chronic conditions. So with that said, welcome, Alex. Welcome to the show. Jason, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for the kind words. Yeah, it's been great to kind of see the development over the years of the Facebook group. I've been following along for a while. I've been following the podcast for a while. Love all the content. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, it was my pleasure. You know, it's interesting because I saw you doing the fitness and I look and obviously with myself walking with a cane and things of that nature, there's some things I'm restricted from doing. But if I could go back 30 years to the development when I started with AS, I wish they would have talked about exercise. There was no talk about that. And I'm really curious for both myself and the listeners, could you tell me a little bit about your journey? How did you get diagnosed with AS? How long was it affecting you? What brought you into the AS field? Absolutely. So looking back, you know, the diagnosis is such a confusing time, a lot going on. And at this point, I'm 34 now. I started experiencing symptoms around 21, 22. Kind of all of a sudden, I was getting that tightness in the mid-back that a lot of people get, the postural issues in the neck and the shoulders. But the sciatica is what hit me. Really, 21, 22, right out of college, I started to get this reoccurring sciatica. And my whole career has been in health and fitness, so very active at the time. And like many others, when I started to kind of look for different answers, different doctors, physical therapists, chiropractors, I was honestly... When I started to get the sciatica often, I was going to as many specialists as I could just to figure out, you know, I, I work in sports. I started in new sports, so I was moving around a lot during the day. How can I get some answers? And a lot of the responses were it might just be overuse injuries from, you know, your daily life. You're very active. I've been an athlete most of my life. So that was kind of my answers early on. And I was kind of dealing with that tightness for a couple of years. That sciatica really, you know, and many with AS can relate to limping around especially early on when you're, you're in your 20s. And one week, you know, I might be playing pickup basketball one week looking pretty good. And then all of a sudden I'm limping for a week and I can't play pickup basketball at all. You know, during that time is when the symptoms started early 20s and people are looking at me like, what's, why is Alex limping? 
you know, he was just looking pretty good on the courts last week. He's working in sports. So that's when early on the symptoms really hit me early 20s. And it actually wasn't until I was about 25, 26 years old, I got injured playing in a soccer league. And I had an x-ray done on my hips and the doctor saw bilateral sacralitis, a lot of inflammation in my SI joints. And that interestingly led the doctor to push for different tests. And that led me down the official diagnosis. But, you know, for years four or five, six years, I was really dealing with some pretty, you know, moderate, severe symptoms, especially in your 20s, that hit me pretty hard. Was it one of those things where, like you said, day you get up, feel pretty good, go play some basketball, do all your normal things, maybe he's a little sore at night, but you say, hey, that's just because I've been running all day. And then two or three days later, like you said, pain, or was it yeah. mostly sciatic? Good question. You know, I actually had Shin splints were part of this too. The sciatica would go down the leg into the hamstring, into the calf, and I would get shin splints. And But it wasn't there all the time. It was kind of like a flare that later I learned that most of this was coming from my SI joints because I had so much inflammation in the SI joints and the bilateral sacralitis. So I found this out years later. But at the time, you know, I was just trying to treat the sciatica and I would you know, I would go to physical therapy and I was trying to stretch my hips so much that it was actually causing it, you know, it was becoming much worse. And this is why I'll, we'll go into this in a bit about my protocols with fitness and my philosophies. And a lot of my philosophies are kind of the simpler movements to get going, but trying to stretch relaxed, which I learned I really need to take a step back and try to understand the best movements for me. But at that time early on, man, I was trying to stretch the hips because the sciatica just wouldn't go away. And I learned that it was just too much force on the body. So it was kind of some, it was some different symptoms. The sciatica went down the legs, the hamstrings, the calf. It re- when I had it, it really affected me. Sometimes I could walk it off, right? Sometimes if I got moving, especially in the morning, I would loosen up. But other times it would be more of a flare and it would last me a couple of weeks where it would be pretty debilitating. Again, I'd be limping around, be laying on the ground a lot, laying on my back a lot, you know, really just having a tough time with it. Yeah, it makes it a challenge, you, you know, when you're young, and when it doesn't matter what age it's at, but when you get this, and I think that's one of the issues that we all face, is when you get that diagnosis, you're going, why and what can I do? Well, whatever helps you might not help me, and yeah. vice versa. And I think that's really what throws a lot of people. And that's one of the things I liked about your videos. We'll touch base on that some more, but it's just the simplicity. Yeah. You know, a lot of people here work out and think, oh my God, I got to go run five miles or I got to have gym equipment or I've got to, you know, this or that and not realize that you can do some push-ups, you can do some squats, you know, hold onto the counter and just lean against the wall. It's all these simple things that you can do not to build muscle but to loosen up and just keep the blood flowing in you. Absolutely. That's one of the things I I just commend you on is those videos are so good. But with that, you're going along, you're having the problems, you get these x-rays that out of the blue start talking about, you know, bilateral issues in the hips. I've got to imagine you're sitting there going, what the heck is this? Where did it come from? (laughs) Yeah. So at the time the x-rays come in 25, 26 years old, I'm actually recovering from shoulder surgery. And my shoulder injury was a mix of overuse inflammation in my posture for sure contributed to because I was working out so much because I was in athletics, I was using my shoulder so much while my body was clearly in a very inflamed state. So I had a shoulder injury that I kind of wavered to get surgery on and I ultimately got surgery on it. And that was right before my diagnosis. So when I was diagnosed, I actually was at the same time just kind of dealing with everything. Frozen shoulder post-surgery just because the surgery didn't go as planned. And that's another kind of part of my fitness journey is my shoulder injury 
kind of forced me to really modify the way I worked out. And I have to be extremely careful when I work out. But at the same time, you know, like, uh, we'll get into this later, but I am a personal trainer. So <laughs> it's been an interesting approach where I've had to find different techniques to work out just because of the injuries and sciatica, the spondylitis. But when I was diagnosed, it was the shoulder injury. And when I got those x-rays, I'd never heard of enclosing spondylitis. When I heard bilateral sacralitis, I said, you know what, but my low back feels fine. You know, that's, this must be wrong. I don't have back pain. I have, you know, the mid-back tightness, but my low back feels fine, which my low back started to bug me actually much, probably not until four or five years later, my, since my uh, original diagnosis, my official diagnosis, but it was really the sciatica and that mid-back, which was bugging me. But yeah, when I was first learned of it, I was definitely shocked. But at the same time, my symptoms were definitely severe enough where I was like, you know, this makes sense. And I was at least a little relieved and happy because I'm telling you, you know, it's hard to remember now. This is such a long journey ago. But when I was just thinking about the podcast, I was jotting down some stuff. And I'm telling you, the amount of times I went to the doctor, physical therapy, really anyone, chiropractors. And since I was in youth sports, health and fitness, I was talking to friends, colleagues, you know, trying to find any solution. And I was really searching for an answer for so long that when I did officially find out, I wasn't that shocked that there was some inflammation going on and something, you know, more severe than just sports injury. And anyone in your family have this? Yeah, good question. So what I learned when I was officially diagnosed, no one had really heard of it. But then when we started asking around, we realized my great grandfather actually had severe enclosing spondylitis and he kept a journal and that kind of talked about just how much of a struggle he had with the spondylitis and with the uveitis over the years. So we started to learn that he had it and everyone in my family, you know, my mom's side, HLA-B27 positive. No one else officially diagnosed with enclosing spondylitis, just great-grandfather, me, but HLA-B27 runs in the family and, you know, had no clue, had never heard of it. So definitely, you know, that's kind of part of the awareness that we're all trying to do. You, especially me on the forums is the enclosing spondylitis. So awareness is crucial for this reason. A lot of us had never heard of it, you know, when we were first told in that doctor's office that we had it. So, yeah. You know, the, the, and the changes happen and obviously there's still this, um, this wide gap for women to get diagnosed and get a proper method of treatment to help stem the damage that it can do. Facebook groups were so good for me as a person to kind of just blow the lid off of this thing that I had been dealing with my whole life basically yeah. alone. And when I see younger guys like yourself that are just getting going and you're doing the exercise and you keep it active, and I'm like, more so the states, I'm going to use that because of our, our where healthcare program is, that every person that gets a diagnosis should be given a prescription for working out, whether for it be sure. yoga, like what you do, something. And I can't imagine that these huge insurance companies with what it costs to put us on biologics and all the other doctor's appointments, why could they not have in every state a couple of workout facilities that were run by the Medicare? You know, to me, that would be so much cheaper than laying away all this money for disability and constant doctor's appointments. So that's my yeah. uh, soapbox. But I think what you're doing is just fantastic. And so you start to develop your fitness company. And yep. Tell me from the late 20s to now, so to speak, how's that developed? How's that changed what you do and how's it affected you going forward? 
Sure. So I, you know, like I said, I started in youth sports. I was coaching basketball, boys and girls clubs of Boston, doing a lot of fitness stuff with kids in these communities. And I started to become interested in personal training. I was always interested in movement, fitness, helping others through movement. But I really started getting more interested in the fitness aspect when I was struggling, because honestly, I was just so desperate to help myself during those early years. So that's when I start to really look more into the fitness approach and the nutrition and the movement and trying to just find my own unique ways to move because I was looking into the fitness world and there's a million things out there. You go on YouTube, Instagram, there's a million different fitness programs. It can be too much. And everything I tried to do early on and you know in my 20s wasn't working for me. I had the shoulder injury. I would try fitness classes. I would try yoga classes. And again, I'm in health and fitness, right? So you would think strong guy, I would be able to do this stuff. But I just think the fitness world, it, it can be discouraging because a lot of us are dealing with different circumstances. And I think overall, just we're all kind of living different lives, sedentary lives nowadays with work, just the world's different. But that doesn't mean we can be strong, we can work on flexibility. I just think we all need our own unique approach, our own individualized approach. So as I started to realize that I started to kind of, you know, I really tried to get rid of my ego with working out. And I was never a big, to be honest, I was really never a big weight lifter gym guy growing up. I was more interested in the movement, the low impact movement, the walking, just stuff like that. So I started to put together my own approach and I started modifying things a lot. And I realized, wow, this approach is actually a lot better than me going to the gym for an hour and just using weights. You know, I'm a big fan of strength training, but I realized I have to bring some flexibility to the table here, especially with, with AS, it's very difficult to just do weights when you're feeling really stiff and tight. So what I learned is I have to put together programs that included flexibility and strength. So I started to really incorporate everything I was learning, physical therapy, yoga, you know, I really took it upon myself to search for different ways to move that fit me. And that's kind of how my approach started. I got into personal training really to help myself, you know, and as I started to see these programs work for me, I realized it's got to be individualized, but I also really wanted to help others just because I believed that we can all be strong. We can all be flexible. We just have to go about it a little differently. And I really wanted to take that upon myself because, you know, I struggle and the struggle stays with me today. A lot of my motivation to stay moving is those days of limping around, laying on my back and not being able to move. So that's been one of my key drivers throughout the years to stay active is the years I really struggled and just the feeling I get from being able to still be active, get looser, feel a little better. So that's what's driven me over the years to get started and then help others in similar um, situations. Well, and speaking of that, as I said, one of the things that caught my attention and brought you to my notice is the videos. Yeah. Now your channel's grown so much. I mean, you have over, I think there's over a thousand videos on there now. A lot of ideas to get moving. You know, that's been my focus is just trying to come up as many just small tips because that's how I started. Small goals, small tips. Like you were saying, around the house is really, I'll make a lot of videos of just honestly me moving around the house and me doing modified stretches. I do a lot of stretching outside kind of on my brick wall where probably all my neighbors look at me and what is this guy doing? <laughs> but, you know, there's a method to the madness, but that's really how it all started. Just me modifying things because I had to loosen up. I was really struggling. So I, I appreciate that. But yes, you know, the support for the channel has been incredible. And I appreciate just, you know, I appreciate everyone tuning in. And I just hope someone can get just something out of it. That's been my goal all along. Well, and for everybody listening, I'm going to have a link to the channel in the show notes, as well as Alex's website and the Instagram channel. And you posted some in the last month or so that I have had me thinking about them. And one of them that caught my eye two, three weeks ago was the no motivation to work out. Yeah. 
Because if you hurt, if you think, oh, I'm too fat to do it, I'm just this, I'm just that, I, I'm too much pain, I, I'm hurting too much, we come up with a million excuses why not to do it. And and I'm not saying this, I, I'm not better or worse than anybody else because I'll come up with every excuse in the book to not do it. And I can remember as a kid when my AS was so bad that it would take me almost an hour to get out of bed. Yeah. And you'd be crying and my brother's downstairs getting ready. My mom's getting ready with the, my little sister. So I'm upstairs by myself and scooting inch by inch by inch yeah. to, so that I can roll off the edge of the bed and then hopefully stand up. But what I tell people, and some don't, I think, believe me, is as I've aged with it and fused, a lot of that goes away. Right, At least it right, has right. for me. Right. Now, the, the downside is I'm fused. But these videos like this, no motivation, and just even a simple... And some of your stuff is far beyond what I can do. But that's okay. I don't look at it and say, well, he's doing that. I can't. I don't care. I think it's great that you could do it. I look at it and say... Like you did that whole series about what's changed me and how you did the first symptoms. And I just think that's all great. I want the listeners to go to those and watch them because I really think they're good starting points. Then going through, you got a thousand videos. Find the one that resonates with you. Yeah, I appreciate that. I've really tried to come up with as many angles as I could because I've been there where I've really struggled to know, well, if I'm so stiff and tight and I have no energy, the fatigue is really a factor with AS, especially in the morning. And, you know, we talked about this early on with the doctors not, I really think everyone's doing their best, but AS can get really complex. And I think early on the exercise portion can be challenging because it can be hard to point someone to the right exercise. We're told you got to get moving, but a lot of us are like, what in the world does that mean? Right. I got no energy. I'm so stiff and tight. I have no motivation. So I've been there. And honestly, I've made videos recently about I'm still there sometimes, right? I still have periods where, you know, I go to the gym very early. It became really a routine of mine because I was in pain mostly. And the gym, I use the sauna. I can use the, you know, the resistance machines, which make it a little easier on me to work on strength training. So I've definitely tried to think of some different methods when we're really struggling. How can we stay moving? How can we loosen up? So I've really tried to come up with some different alternatives to maybe what's out there in the fitness world. And, you know, I'm still trying to, right? I think a lot of my videos are about my own journey also for a reason, because I like to share that, you know, I do consider myself healthy. I do consider myself fit. I definitely put a lot of energy and effort into it, but at the same time, I struggle. It hasn't been easy to keep it up. One of the hardest things with AS is once we know what to do, keeping it up with the flares, the fatigue, the motivation. So I try to keep people in tune with what's going on with me. I think people can appreciate that because they realize like, you know, I think a lot of people in the fitness world just post the positive, which, you know, right. is fine for some people. But I like to tell people, listen, this is a challenge. And this might continue to be a challenge, but there's ways that we can work through it. So I appreciate the words. I definitely I'm still trying to, you know, I'm trying to stay fit, push the boundaries, keep it going. But there's definitely some struggle in there. But the struggle became my motivation to keep going because been there where I've really struggled and it got better. You know, I'm definitely better now at 34 than I was when I was diagnosed, which is pretty honestly, maybe it's luck, but it's pretty remarkable that, you know, maybe I have the same symptoms, honestly, but maybe just I've learned to adapt and motivate myself to keep going. Well, you've put in the work. You've put in the work to keep yourself flexible. I always tell folks that if you want motivation to work against your AS exercise, see a picture of me walking. I'm hunched over on a cane, four hip replacements. I'm everything you don't want to have. And so I still can do some exercising. I still can do certain things. I'll never run again or anything like that, which, which that's fine. I, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. But that's where I look at some of these 
videos and I'm like, they resonate, even if they're not about exercise. You did one few months back. I don't know the exact title, but it was like no motivation. Yeah. For somebody to sit there and, and that's what I've tried to explain in the prior podcast episodes is just get up and walk around your, your living room. That's get it. up at the commercial time. Instead of fast forward through the commercials, get up and walk through around the living room. You don't have to go out and run a marathon. Yeah. For anybody that knows who David Goggins is, you don't <laughs> have to do that. I do like his stuff for motivation, but you don't have to be that intense. I'll, again, I'll have links to the YouTube channel, the Instagram, and your website, but there's so much great content that is there. And I, I think it's very valuable many times. I look back and I think it would have been valuable to have somebody like you hired to say, all right, Jason, today we're doing this, whatever yeah. this is. Walk around the block. You know, we're going to work on a exercise machine. We're, we're going to do push-ups. Or I'm just going to give you a motivational kick in the behind <laughs> to get you going. Somebody that holds you accountable. Yeah. I think with AS, we have so much other stuff on our plates that sometimes it's nice to just say, all right, Alex, tell me what to do. Right, right. You know, I'm thinking everything else. Tell me what to do right now. Yeah, you know, and maybe God, maybe David Goggins, can. we can do a episode, <laughs> me, you, and him. We, it might be a little, uh, it might be a little much for us to listen to Goggins run marathons and run um, 100 miles straight. But yeah, you know, I tried to, the in-home stuff, the movement in the morning, I really have tried to put together stuff where simple exercises you can do at home, but some tips when you're struggling the most to get moving, especially things you can kind of just do first thing in the morning. And I started doing things around the house because I didn't really have the motivation to say, you know, I go to the gym now, but early on, I didn't have the motivation to go to the gym, go for a run, get outside. So I started to come up with things in the house. And then as I started to build off it, I realized this started, you know, with such small movements that I cannot believe how much it's helped me. And, you know, it can be annoying when people say start with small goals, but honestly, I truly believe that because I was someone who I couldn't do a push up without pain because of my shoulder. I had such inflexible hamstrings. My hips were really tight. My neck was really tight. And I started just thinking of flexibility and movement a little differently. And I started really with the smallest range of motion, the most comfortable range of motion. Sometimes it didn't even really feel like a stretch, but that was my approach because I realized just that movement, you talked about this earlier, the blood flow and the circulation can sometimes be the most important part without forcing a stretch. So I really started to do things gently and that became my routine every morning and I could stick to it. The consistency and the sustainability for me was the most important thing. And we talked about those long workouts just might be too much and that's totally fine. I realized that I'm going to do shorter workouts more frequently and they're going to be things that work for me and I'm not going to worry about trying to impress anyone or comparing myself to anyone else in the fitness industry. You know, I'm, I'm sh uh, people have actually come up to me. I'm very long-winded here, but I'm telling you, a lot of people don't think I have ankylosing spondylitis. I still play a lot of pickup basketball. I'm in a big basketball group. Hopefully someone from that group is listening to this conversation. But a lot of them don't know I have ankylosing spondylitis, and they'll come up to me and say, you know, Alex, your fitness content is so arthritic. It's only for old older people. I guess they're not really paying attention that most of my taglines have ankylosing spondylitis in it. But like we were saying, a lot of people don't realize because it can affect people younger, right? And it can affect people who might look like an athlete one week and the next week be limping around. But I get a lot of comments about your stuff is so arthritic. Like what movement is that? But Again, those these are movements that have really helped me, and I believe in them. Uh, they might look modified. They might not look like the hardest stretches, the hardest workout, but it's worked for me, and I've been okay with kind of leading that journey to think of fitness a little differently. Our bodies can't take that abuse that a bodybuilder is going to do, that a yeah. extreme athlete is going to do. That type of extreme 
workout just throws us into a flare throws yeah. us, aggravates the joints it's just not doable but multiple over and over and over i think short but intense for some and some just walking just something simple just move i think if you can keep movement going and expand upon that movement you'll be so much better off long term for it absolutely i appreciate having you on you know it's something I've been wanting to do for a, a, a while now, and we just have not been able to connect. And so I, I'm so appreciative of your time. What I'd like to do is, and I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks now, I'd like to start picking an episode, one of your YouTube videos, and either I'm going to talk about it or I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. Would you be okay with that if I shared your episodes with the listeners one a week from these different things that you're posting, your YouTube content? Would you be okay with that? Absolutely. Sorry I would to put lo- you on the spot. <laughs> no, listen, absolutely. That's only <laughs> The only answer to that is yes, I appreciate that. I would love for people to check them out. Honestly, give me some feedback. Reach out to me on these different platforms and let me know what you're struggling with. You know, s- Send me a private message if you don't want it to be public, what you're struggling with, what kind of content you're looking for you know how you're feeling just let me know what's going on i love you know talking to people communicating about just different struggles through this and yeah absolutely i would love if you shared some of my stuff and people checked it out fantastic i think there's just such good content like i said i I watch it almost on a weekly basis i see some of you you put sometimes you put three or four messages out but i'll catch some of these ones will catch my eye and i'll be like i gotta watch that and i i want to share them but i I wanted to catch in absolutely on the spot with everybody listening so i love being on the spot i appreciate it with that i can't thank you enough again in the show notes i'm going to have links to alex's items it'll be alexander levine fitness so you'll notice that i've been calling him alex but it's alexander is the, the proper and i'll have links to it for both his website instagram and youtube and alex i can't thank you enough for coming on it's been great to catch up with you in this type of a environment just chat and learn more about your struggles and motivations and what keeps you going so i, I really appreciate that Jason, so good to be on again. Love the podcast. It's been great to finally connect and it's been incredible. Thanks everyone for tuning in. See you next time. Thanks. Take care.